I'm Pastor Rachel Mosier. I'm the worship pastor here at Chartel. And my life verse is found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I found a scripture around um, the end of my college years, and it just really meant a lot to me because my relationship with the Lord was deepening and I found a new love for him as my savior. And um, I'm a visual learner, so this scripture is very visual for me. There's the verses right up before this one talks about how Jesus is our high priest because he came and he died on the cross for our sins. And so as a worship student, we study how to uh, lead worship and plan a worship service. And a lot of times you follow um, the illustration of the tabernacle from the Old Testament. So outside of the tabernacle was um, where you would do a praise song, you know, worship him with thanksgiving um, in his courts of praise. And then by the end, uh, you want to end up into the Holy of Holies, where the high priest would have gone. And um, with the old covenant, people would have to bring um, their offering or their sacrifice, and they weren't allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest was allowed. And so he would go into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of Covenant was, where God's presence was, and he would present our sacrifice. Well, Jesus came and he died on the cross for our sins, and he became that high priest and that access and that entryway to God's throne of grace. And so visually for me, as a, as a person with a heart for worship, I really understand more of how um, the Lord is the access um, for us to go to God's throne of grace and receive his mercy. And, um, and that he's been through what we've been through. He's been tested and he understands. And so for me, this is, a, is an illustration of a true form of worship for us. And that's why this verse means so much to me. Okay, so I want to welcome you back to our uh, series called Your Verse, and uh, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at life verses for each of our staff uh, as an example to you of what a life verse might look like. Uh, our encouragement each year at the beginning of the year is uh, that we as a people really lean into the Word of God, because we believe that the more that we are into the Word of God, uh, the firmer foundation that we have in our own lives and our own journey. Uh, this year, one of the pieces that we're doing is encouraging everyone uh, to find their life verse. Um, and uh, we've been sharing the, the verses from the staff. Uh, a life verse is a verse that kind of defines you. It's a verse that you kind of wrap your life around, as, as Rachel mentioned in her video. For some of you, maybe your verse is a verse that God has for you right now. Maybe you are going through a circumstance or a situation or at a chapter in your life where you need a particular verse just to really hold on to. And uh, God can give you that. So we've been encouraging you to do that. I want to say thank you to all of you who have been been diligently doing that, and for, particularly for those of you who've been writing them on the board uh, out in the lobby. We're trying to collect all of those, and if you need to find your verse yet, I encourage you to take and take a look at those that are out there, and maybe God will help you find yours as well. Today, I want to go back to um, Hebrews chapter 4 where uh, Rachel found her verse. And I want to look at that verse in a little broader context and really unpack this because this verse uh, and the context around it has such incredible 
truth. Uh, so if you want to take notes, you can take your sermon outline out of your worship folder and track along with me. Uh, we'll throw pretty much everything up on the screen. Uh, we'll have the verses and everything there. If you would like to follow along in the Bibles, we have Bibles in the pew and right in front of you. And those are our gift to you. If you'd like to take a Bible home for yourself uh, or for someone you'd like to give it to, we want you to encourage you to do that. Those are our gift. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4 together. You ready? Here we go. I think we're starting at about verse 10. It says, therefore, since we have, uh, such, we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now read the verse out loud with me, would you? Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, I spent, uh, when I was unpacking this verse this week, and uh, I, I dug out several commentaries, and I was reading some different backgrounds on some of the things, and, and there is so much richness uh, in this scripture. I, I had to keep editing and editing, because I thought if I don't, uh, you're going to get about a three-hour seminar instead of about a 30-minute message. And how many of you want the 30-minute message and not the three-hour seminar? How many of you want the three-hour seminar? Okay, all right. Well, they, I think the eyes have it. Let us get, no, no, we won't. We won't. I promise you. But I want to unpack this, and, and I want you to take good notes on this, because this is really some rich stuff. Are you ready? Here we go. One of the things that this context gives us today is that Jesus gives us full access to God. Jesus gives us full access to God. When I was um, in Pennsylvania, when our church moved out of a school where we were meeting or out of the Sheraton Hotel where we were meeting and into our first little church building, it was just a little two-story building that had a sanctuary upstairs and a basement downstairs. Uh, and then we had a three-bedroom house next door that we kind of utilized for some classes for kids and that kind of thing. And that was really all we had. Shortly after we moved into the building, um, I had a friend of mine from, from town uh, who was... Uh, had a family. His family were very wealthy. They had owned some very successful businesses, and I had met him playing basketball at the Y, and everybody had heard that we were out of the Sheraton and, and moved in, and he was a, a, a good Catholic guy, and he, uh, he came up to me at the Y, and he said, I heard you moved into a new building, and I said, yeah, and I told him where it was, and he goes, oh, I know where that's at. He goes, can you take me to see it? I said, sure. And so we drove over in his Mercedes to, 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 uh, to, the, to where, the, where the church was, and I walked him through it. It's a pretty little church. And, um, and as we were looking at it, he said, do you like it? And I said, oh, we love it. I said, it just doesn't really have much classroom space, and we're really looking for places for the kids and that kind of thing. And he looked at me, and he said, have you ever seen the daycare center right up the street? And I said, no. And he goes, you got time? I said, sure. So we get back in his car and we drive half a block right up the street from the church. And there was this beautiful two-story school that had been converted into a daycare center, yeah, Seton Hill Daycare. And, um, and he walks in, I'm following, he walks in like he owns the place. And he starts showing me around. And this building had been beautifully remodeled. It was just immaculate. And as he was telling me all the money that they had put in it and all the things that they'd done. And finally, we stopped in the middle of the lobby and we're, we're looking at, I'm looking at all this. I said, this is really wild. He goes, do you think your church would like to use this building on Sunday? And I said, are you kidding me? He said, no. 
I said, we would love to. I said, you know, but we don't have a lot of money. How much? He said, well, he said, I'm the chairman of the board for the Catholic organization that actually runs this daycare. And our family are the largest benefactors that help fund it. He goes, I can not only make sure you get in it, I can make sure you get a good price. And I'm like, come here. <laughs> and, and I was so excited. And what was really wild was, you know, we entered into this agreement with them. And it was, it was just a, a godsend. I mean, we couldn't have done what we did in that community without this daycare center. And it was just unbelievable. And, and they gave it to us for really next to nothing. But the crazy thing was whatever I had to go to the downtown offices where that ran this daycare center, whenever I had to go in there and, and talk to the nuns about something that was going on or something that we needed, when I walked in the offices, they treated me like royalty. Not because of who I was, but because of who my friend was. Are you getting this? There are places you and I can't really go unless someone gives us access. Amen? And that's what the Hebrews writer is talking about with Jesus here. I mean, if, if you wanted to talk to the CEO of, of Devon Energy, um, most of us couldn't just walk down to the Devon building and walk up and just walk right into his office and go, I'm here, and interrupt whatever's going on. Uh, most of us would never make it past security in the lobby, probably. But if, what, if, what if you were personal friends with the CEO's son? You see, they could have full access. They could walk in. You know what? And then they could take you with them. And that's exactly what the Hebrews writer is saying. He's saying, we not only have a high priest, we have a great high priest. We have the son of God. And sometimes we, we don't always catch in scripture What's happening, uh, which Rachel alluded to this in, in, her, in her video, when she talked about the fact that when Jesus died on the cross for us, he literally opened the door for us to have full access to God. In fact, throw that scripture up on the screen for me. Uh, it says, then, then Jesus uttered his, uh, another loud cry and breathed his last. Now read it out loud. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, a lot of times we read that and we really don't understand what that means. But here's the, here's the story behind the story. The only people who were ever allowed behind the curtain into what was known as the Holy of Holies was the high priest. And the high priest only went in there once a year on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. That was the day that the high priest would go in and he would offer this sacrifice on behalf of the sins of all the people. So nobody went in, only the high priest, and then only one time of year. But when Jesus died on the cross, this unbelievable thing happened. This curtain that separated the presence of God from the people that was torn in two. Throw that picture. I just I don't actually have a picture of what what happening. But that's an, an, an image of what that might have looked like. That curtain was torn in two. And, and the, the, the meaning behind that event was this. You and I now have access to the presence of God. The place where at one time only the high priest was allowed. Now, because of our great high priest, every single one of us come, come right before God. Amen. Now look at me. And it doesn't matter who you are. And it doesn't matter what you've done. 
I, I love how Paul framed us in Ephesians. Throw that up on the screen for me. Read it with me, church. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Are you getting this? You who were once far away from God now have access to the Father. We have full access. Another piece in this context that I just think is so uh, amazing is that Jesus experienced what we go through. Jesus experienced what we go through. The Hebrews writer said, you know, we don't, we don't have a high priest who was unable to empathize with us. Jesus understands because he became flesh and lived among us. Um, yeah, one of the... Uh, one of the privileges I have is, is serving on the board at Early Wine Park YMCA, and I'm just a big believer in the community stuff that the Y does. Um, I'm just so on board with the ways that they help and, and, and aid in our community, and it's just a privilege for me to serve. And one of the pieces, maybe because my son uh, had been in the Marines, was the fact that um, they, we staffed the Military Welcome Center at Will Rogers World Airport. And so all the soldiers who come through, um, they get a chance to stop there and we, they have food for them. They have cell phones for them to call home. They have internet access for them to do whatever they need to do online. They have books, a place they can rest. They have all this stuff and we help sponsor that. And, um, and it's so cool. Can you, last, last year, just to give you a context, last year over 36,000 soldiers came through the Military Welcome Center. Soldier and family. That's how many people come through. Now, we've got Fort Sill, which where their boot camp is for the Army. And so we have all these soldiers who come through. We have volunteers who help with the soldiers that come through. And um, most of them, maybe even all of them, are vets who have served in the armed forces. And there's one guy that I just, I just fell in love with. Throw that picture up on the screen. That's Floyd Cheatwood. Floyd um, has served as a volunteer for a number of years until just recently when his health uh, prohibited him from serving. But Floyd, um, two years, this is a picture from two years ago, 91 years old. Every Tuesday night, he would be at the Military Welcome Center meeting with the soldiers that came through. But one of the other things that he did was that Floyd, whenever they would get, these guys were coming through to head to boot camp, Floyd would be the one who, after they would give them some instructions, Floyd would give them a pep talk about what they could expect while they went to boot camp and in their experience in the armed services. Now, Floyd is a World War II veteran who was in combat, who did his time. And here's a guy. Now, again, I could get up in front of those soldiers. I'm probably a better communicator than Floyd. Um, the only thing I know about the armed services or what my son has told me or what I've read in a book or what I've seen on TV, I have, no, I have no idea what it's like to be in boot camp or basic training. I have no idea what it's like to deal with the drill sergeant. I, know, I have no idea what it's like to be away from home and overseas and in fear of combat. I have no idea. Floyd has been through all of that. And so when Floyd talked, you better believe these soldiers were listening. Why? He has been where they're going. Amen? Now, you got to get this. That's exactly what the Hebrews writer is talking about with Jesus. He said, you know what? Jesus came to earth, and he went through all of this stuff that we went through. You say, well, Pastor Steve, like what kind of stuff? Well, let me give you a few examples. Jesus experienced our challenging relationships Believe it or not, Jesus came to earth, and you know what he had to deal with? People. Wasn't that a sad fact? 
You had to deal with people. Come on. It's just us. How many of you have had some challenging relationships in your life? Yeah. How many of you have some going on right now? Yeah. How many of you brought them with you and they're sitting beside you right here today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're back there like this. Yeah. Right here. Right here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, and, that's, and that's the part I think we sometimes forget. Well, what I'm talking about is the fact that when you, when you go to God and you talk to him about the struggles you're having with the people around you, you need to understand this. Jesus gets it. He had to deal with people. And sometimes even family issues that we don't know. Man, did Jesus really understand this? Of course he did. In fact, throw that passage up on the screen. Mark chapter 3. Read this out loud with me. This is, it says, and when his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. I mean, here's Jesus beginning his ministry, and the very people who should have known him the most knew him the least. And instead of encouraging him, guess what? They tried to get him to stop and take him away thinking that the man was crazy. You've got challenging relationships. You can talk to Jesus about that. You know why? He's had his share of challenging relationships as well. Jesus experienced our difficult circumstances. He experienced our difficult circumstances. You ever gone through hard times? You ever find yourself in the midst of a circumstance and have yourself crying out to God saying, God, I need your help to get through this? You ever been there? Jesus gets that. Do you remember how he prayed when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? When his disciples were about to abandon him, when he was about to be falsely accused, when he was about to be beaten and hung on a cross. Do you, do you remember what that experience was like that he was facing? You remember how he dealt with that? Throw that up on the screen for me. And Jesus went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground praying. Pray it with me, church. My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. If you've ever cried out to God and said, God, you got to get me out of this. If you've ever prayed and said, God, if there's any way this can change, I need you to help me. If you've ever prayed that prayer, look at me. You've got to get to Jesus understands. Jesus understands. Let me give you one more. Jesus has experienced our human frailty. He's experienced our human frailty. This is what the Hebrews writer says when he says, you know what? This high priest that we have, he was tempted in every way just like we are. In other words, sometimes we forget that Jesus, who was fully divine, was also fully human, which meant he wrestled with the same stuff that we had to wrestle with. And, and, when, and I, was just, I just wrote a series of devotions on this not long ago when I was unpacking this whole time with the temptation of Jesus. It just, it just blew my mind. In fact, throw that passage up on the screen for me, would you? Read it with me, church. And he was led by the Spirit into wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for, for how long? 40 days. 40 days in, in the wilderness, starving to death. And the enemy, man, you know what it's like trying to deal with temptation when you're tired and you're hungry. <clears throat> and the enemy comes and wants you to take a shortcut. That's what he did. Jesus was looking ahead. Jesus knew why he had come. He was coming. He was going to be declared king over all. And you remember the temptation the enemy said? Just bow down to me. I'll make you king. I'll give you all of these. I'll give you all of this land. I'll give you all of these kingdoms. And this shortcut, you don't, you don't have to go through all this mess with your disciples. You don't have to put up with the trial. You don't have to be hung on the cross. I'll give it all to you right now. 
Look at me. You see, sometimes I think we find it hard to come to God when we're being tempted because we feel guilty when we're being tempted. But I think we forget that this high priest, Jesus, who we're praying to, he understands. He was tempted just like you. Amen? He gets us. Now, let me tag on to that, the next thought, because it's directly connected. I love this. Though Jesus has empathy, he modeled victory. Though Jesus has empathy, he modeled victory. It says, our high priest was tempted in every way, just like us. What's that next little phrase that they say then after that? Yet he did not, he did not what? Sin. In other words, yes, he was discouraged. Yes, he was dealt with difficult people. Yes, he was tempted in every way, just like he dealt with all of that. The difference is Jesus had the power to overcome, and he's making that power available to us. Now, that's really important because if I'm going to follow somebody, I, I can follow anybody who can do it wrong. I need to follow somebody who can do it right. Amen. And again, there are a lot of times that, you know, people are, you know, you've been around enough, long enough to know about advertising and how sometimes the people will advertise one thing, but, you know, they actually give you another. In fact, I saw some of these see signs, and these are just hilarious to me. People who say, yeah, what, and, and you don't want to follow them? Here, here we go. Throw, throw those on. Literacy night at the school. Boy, don't you want to learn from some people who have no idea how to spell? <laughs> Yeah, 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 throw that next one up on the screen. I love this. No staples or tape. Now, if you can't see that, absolutely no staples or tape. Use pitch pins only, and that sign is plastered in tape to that wall. Yeah, do as I say, not as I do, huh? How about this next one? Throw that up on the screen. Health bar and eatery, fudge factory. <laughs> now, how many of you are like me, and that's the kind of health food you want, baby? Yeah, give me a chunk of fudge about that big, you know. I'll be as healthy as a horse and dead in 20 minutes, you know. Throw the other next one up on the screen. I love this. Don't give up. Now, some of you aren't getting this. I know, I know. Some of you are you're just a half beat slow, so let me explain it for you. Don't give up, but it's only halfway colored. You got that? Okay, that, I know. That's, I, that's a little tricky for a Sunday morning. I get that. Throw that next one up on the screen. Psychic fair canceled due to unforeseen circumstances. Oh. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> it, you, I, just, I just crack up. Whenever people talk about going to see a psychic or somebody like that, it's like, you know, they, go, they start asking you questions if you're a psychic, I shouldn't have to tell you anything. <laughs> Does that make sense? If, I, if you're a psychic, I shouldn't have to tell you. You, uh, you know, well, tell me about, no, nah, you tell me. If you're a psychic, yeah, uh, unforeseen circumstances. This is my favorite. Throw, throw the last one up on the screen for me. New life, dead end. <laughs> How many of you want that kind of new life? <laughs> I'm already on a dead end life. I don't need, I don't need a new life. Like that. No. Well, here, here, here's the great news. This high priest who we pray to, he not only faced all the stuff that we face, he overcame. He overcame. And this Christ who overcame 
not only offers forgiveness for our failures, he offers his power for us to become overcomers too. We get the opportunity, like Jesus, to do it right. Amen? That's why I love, I love how Paul framed this in Romans 8. Throw that up on the screen. Read it out loud with me, church. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Let me give you one more. One more part of this scripture that I just love in Hebrews 4 is that we can come courageously and continually to him. We can come courageously and continually to him. We're going to throw that verse back up on the screen that we started with. Throw that up here for me, please. Let's read it one more time from Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I want you to notice a couple of things. He says we can come boldly. We can come confidently. We don't have to be fearful when we come before God. You see, here's the deal. In the Old Testament, when in the Holy of Holies, that place where the, the Ark of the Covenant was and the cherubim, that was called the, the mercy seat, but it was actually called the, the judgment seat. It was the place of judgment. And so when the high priest came in, he was offering this sacrifice because he was trying to relieve the judgment that was there. When Christ came, split the curtain, he now stands in place of that sacrifice. So now, notice that the Hebrew writer doesn't say, we come before the throne of judgment. We now come before the throne of grace. Aren't you glad? And you can come boldly before that throne. I saw a... I saw this story um, this week, and I just thought it was so cool. Throw that picture up on the screen. Crawfordsville, Arkansas, uh, Mike Allen, who's the sheriff there, posted this picture. They had a baptism day at the, at the county jail, and they baptized 16 prisoners that day. 16 prisoners who had not only confessed and, and con, uh, committed their lives to Jesus Christ, but 16 prisoners who wanted to go public with their faith by being baptized in front of the other prisoners. And when I saw that, I thought, there's a great picture of the great throne of grace that God offers. Isn't that awesome? Throw that next picture up on the screen. Here's one of the prisoners, um, one of the inmates that was being baptized. Do you know what he did? Do you know what heinous crime this man committed to end up there? Look at me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. And it doesn't matter for you. I know 
sometimes we have a hard time coming to God because we feel so bad about the things that we have done. But you need to know that God's grace is always greater than your sin. Amen? And, and not just courageously. Here's the real uh, ludicrous part of grace. You can come continually into that throne room. Um, this is one of the things we kind of miss in the English, but that, the words that's used there where it says we can approach the throne. Uh, some versions say you, we can come to the throne. It's a, it's a present tense Greek, which means you can come and keep on coming. In other words, you can come again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Now, I don't know about you. I've needed grace in my life more than once. I've needed to come into the throne room of God more than once in my life. That's why when Jeremiah was writing this, he said that God's mercy is new. How often? Every morning. How many of you are like me and you need that mercy every morning? And that's what the Hebrews writer is saying. No matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done it, no matter how often you need the throne of God's grace, guess what? It's always open to you. Amen. Rachel, why don't you go ahead and come? I'm going to ask my uh, prayer partners if you guys would take your place and ushers if you would get ready to service the communion elements in just a moment. I want to give you um, a few moments this morning to come into that throne room where God's grace abounds. And I don't know what you need from God this morning. Some of you may need encouragement. Some of you may need strength. Some of you may need peace because you're a little shaky today. Some of you may need forgiveness because you know you've blown it. What I want to assure you of is this. Whatever it is you need this morning, God has in abundance for you. And Jesus Christ made it possible for each and every one of us today to come before him. Maybe today um, is the first time in a long time you've been in the presence of God. Maybe you've been away. Or maybe you've never opened your heart to the Lord. This morning, I want you to know Jesus Christ didn't just come for us. He came for you. For God so loved you that he sent his one and only son. And this morning, I promise you, if you'll just open your heart to him, if you'll just confess your need before him, God is so faithful and loving. And he will not only forgive you for your past, he's willing to live in you and give you the strength and the new life that you've really wanted. And so this morning... The throne room is open. The curtain is parted. You have full access to the Father for whatever you need. This morning, I want to invite you to come to him. 
altars are open. If any of you would like to take your communion elements and go to the altar, we have prayer partners in all four corners of the room. Some of you may just want someone to pray with you about something you're dealing with, and they would be more than happy to do that. For the rest of us, if you just take your cups, remember the cups are stacked in two. The bottom cup has your bread. The top cup has your juice. If you just pull them out and while Dan and Rachel lead us in this beautiful song, if you'll just listen and let it speak to your heart and have a quiet moment with God after the song has been played, I'll lead us in a prayer and we'll re- receive the elements together. As you hold those elements, look at them for a second and remember, Jesus Christ did this for you. Amen. Father, there are... Uh, There are moments in my journey with you where I am humbled beyond words to know that you have done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Lord Jesus, we hold in our hands the price that you paid for our freedom, for our access to the Father. This little piece of bread represents your body that was broken. This juice, your blood that was spilled. How we thank you today that we don't have to go through a pastor. We don't have to go through a priest. We don't have to go through anyone to talk to God Almighty. That you give us full access because you alone, Lord Jesus, are that great high priest, that son of God who has made a personal introduction for us. And Father, I just pray you would draw near. I know that there are many people who need that special touch from you. And I pray today, whatever that need is that they bring, that you would just open your arms to them and meet them right where they are, that they would know that you are more than enough for whatever it is that they face in their life. And Father, I particularly pray today for those of us who, who need to know that your grace is great enough for us. Some of us have blown it, and we've blown it big. Some of us have blown it again and again and again. So how thankful we are that you have said that's the same way we can come to you again and again and again. And I pray today, Lord, that you would just wipe our hearts clean, cleanse our souls completely, and fill us up with your Holy Spirit. You dealt with all the stuff we dealt with, and yet you did it victoriously. Would you breathe into us that Spirit of God? Would you help us to begin to live the kind of life that you lived when you were among us? Would you give us that overwhelming victory through Christ Jesus, our Lord? Well, Lord Jesus, we pause this morning to remember what you did. And as we take this bread, as we take this juice, we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for paying a debt that you didn't owe (laughs) and a debt that we could have never paid. We love you so much. And it's in your precious name we pray this morning. And everyone said, amen.